the book of, the book of Mark chapter 5 and I'm going to begin to read at verse number 24 and it reads like this so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians she had spent all that she had and was not better but rather grew worse when she heard about Jesus she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments for she said if only I may touch his clothes I shall be made well immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him turned around in the crowd and said who touched my clothes but his disciples said to him you see the multitude thronging you and you say who touched me and he looked around to see her who had done this this thing but the women fearing and trembling knowing what had happened to her came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of all your afflictions. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. And Father, I just pray that every one of us, God, irregardless of how we got here, irregardless of what's taken place before we got here, and irregardless of what's taking place in our lives tonight, God, I pray that we all come to the conclusion and we all realize that something's got to change. And Father, I pray that we know that it's us, God, that we as individuals, that we desire change, that we're desperate for change, that we want to change, God. We're here simply because we don't want to stay the same, and we know that we need more of you. And I just pray that you would anoint the remaining aspect of your service, God, and that you would open and prepare our hearts, God, that your word would be deep-rooted and bring about that change within all of our lives. We know, God, something's got to change. Let that change take place here tonight. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The title of my message tonight, briefly, is Something's Gotta Change. Have you ever been to that place in your life where you're just tired? Anybody ever been there? You're just tired. You're, you're tired of fighting in your marriage. You're tired of the kids acting up. You're, you're tired of doing the same thing over and over. You're tired of, of growing old but never growing up. You're just tired. Anybody can say praise the Lord tonight. Come on, loosen up tonight. If you loosen up, God will speak to you. Trust me. But you got to be open and you got to be ready for it. Are you ready for the word tonight? But have you ever been to that place where you say, you know what, man? I'm just tired of the same old, same old. I'm tired. The only thing that's changing is the date. The only thing that's changing is the amount of hair that I have. The wrinkles on my face. My waistline. The only thing that's changing are things that I really don't want to change much. But we got to get to that place where we say, you know what? Something's got to change. And I'm here to tell you tonight that what has to change is you and I. We have to come to the end of ourselves and say, you know what, God, I can't go any further unless you change me, you mold me, you cut these things out of my life because I don't want to stay the same. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better mother. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better man or woman of God. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. But you got to get to that place where you say something's got to change. 
I'm tired of this, man. I, I don't want to just, you know, just continue to grow old. But I know when I look in the mirror, I'm growing older. But I want to grow up. I want to see the reflection of Christ when I look in that mirror. I want to look more and more like my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't want to stay the same. I'm not coming to church because I want to stay the same. I'm coming to church. I'm taking time out my schedule. I may be tired tonight. I may not feel good tonight. I may be angry tonight. But I'm coming because I want something to change. And it has to be me. Something's got to change. See, in our text right here in the book of Mark, chapter 4, 24 through 34, our text talks about a woman that had an issue of blood. The Bible says that she had the same issue for 12 years. That's why it's very obvious that she came to that, that place in her life where she says, something's got to give. Something's got to change. I can't remain the same. I've tried everything, but rather than growing better or getting better, it seems to be getting worse. Something's got to change. That's just like my good friend that, that came not too long ago and he had cancer and him and his wife were here and he was here because he was at the Cancer Center of America. He was here and he came to church and I grew up with them. You know, we, we, we done dirt together. We, all the different things like some of us have gone through in life. Young man, just two years older than me. He came and then he was in the, the Cancer Center of America and, and we went. Matter of fact, me and Greg went to go pray with him. But yesterday, lo and behold, he died and he's in heaven tonight. We can give the Lord some praise because he's in heaven. Amen. That's a good thing. But right before he passed away, he was searching and he was seeking and he was looking for a change to take place in his life. He was tired of the same old. He was tired of going in and out of prison. He was tired of violence. He was tired of getting loaded. He was tired of the party life. And he was at the end of his life. And a week before he came here, and a week before we brought him up here, and we prayed for him and his wife, a week before that happened, he was in church in California, and he gave his life to the Lord, and he surrendered his life to the Lord, because he wanted something to change. Now you may say, that's a sad ending to a story. Why would you bring that up? Because... He got his ultimate healing. He woke up in the presence of his maker in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he heard those words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You surrendered your life to me. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And yes, I know he left two teenage daughters and a, a beautiful wife and, and all these things behind but his wife texted me and said, you know what, it's better because he was in too much pain and too much suffering. The good thing is that he gave his life to the Lord and I will see him again. And she was excited about that. It could have been a lot worse ending to this story and he could have died and never seen his wife again. And never wake up in the presence of the Lord. And you know, they're... Wanting me to go down there from what I'm hearing. I'm supposed to go down there and do this, this funeral service. And it's an opportunity that because behind death comes life. 
and everybody that I grew up with that's still alive or is not in prison will be there. And I have different people that are texting me and saying, even telling me and encouraging me, you should pray and fast before you come here. Because there's going to be a lot of evil and wickedness and anger and all this other stuff. And God's going to use you to minister to everybody that we grew up with. But I'm going with a, an open heart and an open mind and, and open eyes that, you know what, there's many people that will be there that know me that I grew up with, that know that something's got to change. And what it is, is they got to surrender their lives to the Lord in the same way he did it in my friend's life and he did it in my life. He will do it in their life as well. But the Bible says in our text that this, this lady, this woman with the issue of blood, she battled with this issue for 12 years. 12 years, and you may think, man, that's a long time to deal with the same issue. But what about you and I tonight? How long have you been battling with the same issue? How long do we keep using, well, this is the way that it is. This is the way that I was born. This is the way that I was raised. And you know what? Because once this, always this. Well, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because the power of God can fall and deliver and change and heal and set you free. Not only that, she spent all she had to try to overcome her issue to no avail. Like the Bible says, like I said a moment ago. Matter of fact, the more she tried to get better, the worse she got. To have this issue of blood, you would be considered, the Bible says, ceremonially unclean. So we, she was considered an outcast, and some of us can relate to that. Some of us used to be viewed as outcast, as a less fortunate, as straight ghetto. Right? They would look at us and say, oh, look at that gang member. Look at that drug addict. Look at that lonely, abused wife. Look at that suicidal individual. Look at that drunk. Look at that deadbeat father or mother. Look at that, look at that, look at that individual that is unclean. That's an outcast. Anything that she would touch was also considered unclean as well. The difference between this woman with the issue of blood and many of us that are here tonight is she knew exactly what her issue was. She knew her issue was blood. It was a, an internal issue. She was bleeding on the inside for 12 years. And sometimes the enemy would have us to believe that, you know, you don't have no issues. That's just the way you've been. It's, it runs in your genes. Your uncle was that way. Your father was that way. Your pops was that way. Yeah, everybody was that way. So because they were that way, you're going to be that way as well. She knew. She defined her issue. I have an issue of blood. But are you able to define your issue tonight? Are you able to say, man, I got this issue. It's an issue where, you know, I got this anger issue. I got this issue where I relapse after every three months. Or I got this issue where my mind is always lusting on the opposite sex. I got this issue. I got this issue where the enemy always uses my past against me. Do you know and do you define your issue tonight? And are you willing to bring it to the altar, to the feet of the Lord, and say, God, I don't want this issue no more. I'm going to cast it upon you, and I'm going to give it over to you, God. So the difference with her, 12 years, 
How long have you been dealing with your issue? How long have you been dealing with the same old, same old? How long are we going to avoid the issues that we have in our life and realize that they're going to still conquer us until we give them over to the Lord? They're going to defeat us. They're going to haunt us. You can't run from them. You can't hide. You have to face them head on. And the only way you can do that is in the power of the Lord. Come on. I said the power of the Lord. And he'll give you victory over those issues. Because make no mistake about it, we all have issues. We all have issues. But this woman exasperated all her resources. She came to the end of herself. She came to the conclusion that something's got to give. Something's got to change. I can't just keep existing, but I want that abundant life. I want that blessed life. I want that overflowing, overfilling life. I want God's blessing upon my life that I would be a blessing to others. I can't be shackled to my issue no more, but I'm going to give it over to the Lord to set me free. What stops us, though? some things that stop us but Bruce Barton once said this when you're through with changing you're through when you're through with changing when you say this is as far as I'm willing to go at least I gave my life to the Lord as soon as you're through with changing you're through God wants to take you from glory to glory to glory come on do you hear me to glory to glory. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you victory. God wants to elevate you. God wants to raise you up. God wants to use you. God doesn't want you to be stuck no more. God wants to deliver you. God wants to set you free. God has some greatness in store in your life. But we got to be willing to change. How many can say amen? amen? But what stops us from changing? I believe there are a few enemies of change. One is unbelief. In Mark 9.23 it says, if you can... That's what it says, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. See, the question was not if Jesus had the power to heal or change the little boy, but if the father had the faith to believe it. See, a person who truly believes will set no limits on what God can do. See, my kids go wild. They run wild. They're not kids no more. They're grown adults. And yours will get there one day as well. When they're real little, they're in the nursery, they're singing, Jesus loves the little children. And then all of a sudden, the rap culture hits them, amen? And I'm not talking about Christian rap either, right? All of a sudden, they go off to school. They go from children's chapel or nursery to children's chapel, learning Jesus loves the little children. Right? And then all of a sudden they go to school and it's a whole shock culture, culture shock. Like, wow, what is this? Or they, when they get old enough to turn the TV on and change it themselves, like, wow, what is this? And they think it's okay because it's a cartoon. And then all of a sudden you got half-naked men and women on cartoon screens. Are you hearing me? Right? It's like, oh, my God. And then they start, all of a sudden, they get that little conviction. Man, maybe mom and dad might be coming downstairs. I better change this. Amen? <laughs> but we have to understand that this man 
was asking Jesus to heal his boy, to, to touch his boy, to, you know, but Jesus told him, it's not that if I can, it, it, it's do you believe I can? And sometimes when our kids come of age, God or Jesus, the Spirit of God will tell us the same because sometimes we'll come and we'll get on our knees and say, God, if you can save my son, if you can save my daughter, and if you can hear in that small, still voice, it's not that if I can, do you still believe I can? In spite of their gone wild, going wild, acting up, running and acting crazy, it's not if I can, but do you still believe that I can? Do you still believe I'm a miracle-working God? Do you still believe that I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever? It's not if I can, but do you believe I can? So an enemy, it changes unbelief. Another one is, is unstable. Being unstable. In James chapter 1, verse number 6 and 8, it says, but when, he, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive, he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable. Everybody say unstable unstable in all he does see and maybe we don't know much about the beach here because we don't know much about the waves and you know being tossed to and fro and the current coming in and, and all that because there's no beaches around here but spiritually speaking are we unstable are we like a wave in the ocean are we like the current just being blown here or tossed here or moved here and you know is that taking place in our lives it's about time that we have some stability and say i'm going to deep root myself i'm not going to the left i'm not going to the right but i'm going to press forward and become all that god has called me to be i'm going to raise my family in the church house i'm going to serve god all the days of my life and I'm going to be stable for once in my life we can't be double minded one day okay I want to serve God the next day I don't one day I want to be involved in ministry the next day I don't one day I want to stay married the next day I don't one day I want to provide for my family the next day I don't one day I want to be involved in ministry and the next day I don't one day I want to worship the Lord, but the next day I don't. We need some stability, soldiers that would root up and rise up and let God use their lives, not only for a short period of time, but for the long haul. Stability. Another enemy of change is unfaithful. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, and verse number 6, it says, The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped Everybody say trapped by evil desires. Don't let desires, good desires, or evil desires trap you. Let your heart desire all that God has in store for your life. Let everything come according to God's timetable. See, God is never late. He's always on time. Sometimes it's just we're in a hurry and God's not. God's like, I have your breakthrough. It's right here. And we can't hold on long enough. We're like, God, if you don't show up, I'm letting go. 
And God is like, just hold on. It's right here. You may not understand it, but it's not according to when you want it. But I have the perfect timing. I look through the corridor of time, and I have everything ordained for your life. All you got to do is hold on. Don't be unfaithful and let go. In Proverbs 13, 15, it says, good understanding brings favor. How many guys want favor? Come on, maybe that's the problem. How many guys want favor? Come on, you really want favor? You want God's favor? You want God's blessing? You want God's healing? You want God to open the floodgates? Of Come on, you guys want God's favor? It says, good understanding brings favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. You ever notice somebody that is not faithful? They're not faithful in their relationships, not with God, not their spouse, not their kids, not themselves. And they're, 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 they're not faithful to anything, their job. They're like bouncing around. They're like in and out, up and down, all around. The Bible says that the way of the unfaithful is hard. And you talk to them and you can just sense it and you can hear it and you can hear it in their voice. You can see it in their eyes. And yes, they may have a nice house. They may have a nice car. They may have a handsome or a beautiful wife or handsome husband. Yes, they may have beautiful kids and they may wear the finest clothes. But when you look in their eyes, the Bible says the eye is the window of the soul. And you look into their eye and it's just empty. It's vague. And it just looks like life is crushing down on them. Yes, they drive away, uh, drive away in a nice car. Yes, they pull up in the driveway in a nice house. And there's nothing wrong with none of those things. The Father that we serve, the God that we serve, He's able to give us all those things. Make no mistake about it. And it doesn't have to be hard. It's like, can a brother get a break? Can a sister get a breakthrough? Seems like I'm always breaking down. It's like my relationship's always breaking down. My, my bank account, I'm always broken, broke. Can a brother, can a sister just get a breakthrough? I don't want to break down. I want to break through. I, I don't want the way of the heart. I want, I want the blessings. I want the favor of God. I want God to pour out into my life. I don't want it to be hard. Once in a while, it's okay. And it builds character in us. But every day, every year, every month, every week, it, it's not supposed to be that way. God is able to bless our lives. God is able to, to pour favor out on us. God is able to move mountains on our behalf. God is able to make the crooked places straight and smooth the mountains. He's able to do the miraculous. He's able to pour his favor out on us. It shouldn't be all hard. But I believe these hinder us from changing. Unbelief, unstable, and unfaithful. So what are some signs that, that something's got to change? Number one is we kneel down in humility. Just give me about ten minutes. We kneel down in humility. In the book of Mark, in our text, chapter 5 and verse number 24, as well as 33, it says, So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and knelt. Everybody say knelt. 
knelt at his feet and trembling with fear told him the truth. Basically, she humbled herself. She's like, I got caught. I've been found out. He knows I could tell because he's looking in, in the eye of my soul. He's looking in my eye and he can see. He knows it's me. So she basically admitted it. She humbled herself. She got on all fours and began to beg for mercy. Martin Luther said, God created out of nothing. Therefore, therefore until a man is nothing, God can make nothing out of him. In the book of Matthew, chapter 8 and verse number 2, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It's another instance where an individual knelt down in humility and was at the end of himself and said, Man, God, I need something to change in my life, in my body. Take this leprosy from me. And he knelt down in humility. Also in Matthew 15 and 25, the woman came and knelt before him, Lord, Help me, she said. Another issue of an individual coming and kneeling down. When's the last time you knelt down before the Lord and said, God, I need you to move in my marriage. God, I need you to save my kids. God, I need you to touch my health. God, I need you to build my faith. God, I don't want to stay the same. I need a change in my life. Amen. When was the last time you kneeled down? Because the way up is down. Number two is we reach up in faith. So if we want change to take place, we have to reach up in faith. In Mark chapter 5 and verse number 27, it says, When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Basically, she believed if I could just reach up in faith. Daniel Webster said, Faith puts God between us and our circumstance. What is your circumstance tonight? Because you need to put faith between yourself and your circumstance. You need to say, you know what, man? If I have faith right before me, then I'm going to be okay because God is able and he will move and he'll do something with this circumstance in my life. He's greater than this obstacle that I face. See, many times throughout scripture, Jesus says your faith has healed you. In Mark 5.34, he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. How many guys would say that at one point in your life, a time or another, that you suffer a little bit? Anybody? You suffer. It seems like, man, you know, I'm suffering tonight or I'm suffering in this situation. And it's like, man, nobody understands me. It feels like the whole world is against me. Jesus wants to free you of that suffering tonight. Other times you hear him rebuke many for their lack of faith. Some of you, you need to be freed from your suffering. Some of you need to be rebuked tonight. In the book of Mark 16 and verse number 14, it says, Later Jesus appeared to the leaven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. But one thing for sure, he always, he's always well pleased with those who have faith. We know Hebrews 11.6, without faith it's impossible to please God. And I'm, 
I would even go as far to say some of us haven't brought pleasure to God in a while. When's the last time you stepped out in faith and said, you know what, I'm sure to fail if God don't step in when I step out. I don't see how I'm going to last the end of the month unless God steps in. But I have enough faith and I'm still going to step out. I don't know if I can last any longer in this relationship or serving God or whatever the case may be, whatever your situation may be. But if you have enough faith and you continue to believe, you'll bring pleasure upon God and God will begin to move and he'll do something with your situation. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We have to constantly keep reaching up. We reach up with the expectation that as long as we keep reaching, eventually we'll become all that God has called us to be. Like, man, I'm going to keep reaching. I'm going to keep shooting for the stars. I'm going to keep reaching. It's difficult right now, but I'm going to keep reaching. Man, I can't see light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm going to keep reaching. I don't know how I'm going to make it another month, but I'm going to keep reaching. I don't know if I can last, but I'm going to keep reaching. I don't know what's coming against me, but I'm going to keep reaching. I don't know, but I'm going to keep reaching. And when you live your life like that, I'm here to tell you, you'll become all that God has called you to be. I don't know what tomorrow, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I do know who will bring tomorrow. I don't know what's going to take place tomorrow, but I know the one that does. I really can't see tomorrow really all that clear, but I know the one that sees all eternity, and he is our heavenly father, and he is our God that is able to meet all our needs and see us through anything that would come our way. Come on, somebody get excited. Keep reaching. Reach up in faith. Faith is just, if you break down the, the word faith as an acronym, F-A-I-T-H, uh, forsaking all, I trust him. Forsaking all, I trust him. I'll forsake everything else, but I'll keep trusting him. Forsaking all, I trust him. Is that you tonight? Are you able to say, I'll forsake all, but I have to keep trusting him. I do trust him. Because man will fail you. Your spouse may fail you. Your kids may fail you. Your job may fail you. Guess what? You'll even fail yourself. Oh, but glory be to God, there is one that will never fail you. He'll stick closer than a brother. When everybody else runs out, he'll run in. He'll break through, even through your life and anything that's stopping you. And he'll see you through. That's the one that we serve. How can we not forsake all and trust him? Sake and all, I trust them. Do you really trust them? It's easy to trust with our mouths. It's easy to say, I trust God. I'll die for the gospel. Uh, it's till I die. Ride or die. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to roll with you until the wheels fall off, hubcaps, rims, uh, the axles. It don't matter. I'm still, uh, we'll, even if we got to steal another car, amen, well, I'm still rolling with you, Jesus. I'm still rolling with you. It's easier said than done. I mean, you can say amen. amen. But we have to be individuals that say, you know what, man? Forsaking all, I trust him. I trust him. When I don't know what's coming against my life, I trust him. When I don't know, I lose a loved one, a friend, a family member, I trust him. When my faith is under attack, I trust him. When I can't believe for myself, I have to trust in him because he still believes in me. I trust him. 
I trust them. See, how do you know you have faith until it's tested? How do you know that you have faith? Faith is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. The more you exercise it, you go to the gym, you exercise those muscles. The more you use them, the stronger they get. And the only way you can exercise the muscle of faith is going through something. It's going through some tests. It's battling in life. It's getting hit with sickness. Getting hit financially. It's getting hit in your marriage with your kids. It's getting hit in your faith. And that's when you begin to say, God, I can't see right now. But I'm going to keep exercising, God. I'm going to keep doing what you want me to do, God. And the more I exercise it, the stronger I will become. And I will last. And I'll make it. Because I forsake all. And I trust you, God. Sometimes when we're exercising, how many of you guys know just like physically you get tired? You get tired the first three months, you're able to be disciplined. Do your mandatory calisthenics early in the morning, right? You don't drive to the gym no more, you jog, amen, somebody. <laughs> right? You exercise first three months, you feel good, right? All it takes is one time. Listen to me now, one time. You don't go that one day, all of a sudden the next time comes around, it's that much easier to say, oh no, I'll just work, work out five days next week instead of three. Right? Am I telling the truth? Then you, you know, the same way that it happens physically, the same way spiritually. Oh, I'll just miss church tonight. I'll just miss church tonight. I'll be all right. I'll, I'll be there next week. All right? It's Wednesday. They, they have a Sunday morning. Matter of fact, I'll go to both services on Sunday. <laughs> and then you get a little, even deeper, a little bit more spirit. I'll be at church Friday for prayer. Amen. Oh, man, I'm not married, but I'm going to the marriage guy. I'll make it up, but I, I can't be there tonight on Wednesday. And then when you break that discipline, it's that much harder to get back into it. Am I right? Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. But we have to be able to say, you know, I'm going to forsake all, but I trust him. And lastly, real quick, as we reach out and touch the Lord. In the book of Mark, chapter 5, and verse number 28, it says, Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. In the book of Matthew 14, and verse 36, it says, People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the people touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. But how do we touch Jesus today because we know he's not walking in a bodily form no more yes he's alive and well and he's sitting on the right hand of the father and he's interceding for us come on somebody get excited for that because he's praying for you tonight he's praying for us he's interceding for us but yet we know he's not walking in a bodily form anymore and we know we can't just reach out and touch him so when I say we reach out and touch the Lord it's not like it was when he was walking in a bodily form and they could touch his cloak. They could touch the edge of his robe. So how do we touch Jesus? By praying, by reading, by attending, by serving, and by witnessing. A is by praying. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It says, pray always. Everybody say always. always. Come on, say always. always. Some versions or translations say, pray without ceasing. 
And then I said, by reading in Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. So we got to stay in the Word of God, not only during the night service, but also at home during the day, at home during the night, at home, at work, at school, in the community, wherever you are. you got to meditate on it day and night. And then see, by attending Hebrews 10.25, let us not forsake the assembling together of the saints as some are in the habit of doing. One of my favorite verses, we know what a habit is, amen? I'm talking to Victory Outreach tonight. We know what habits are, right? Come on, talk to me a little bit. We're just about done. Who knows what a habit is, amen? And once you have that habit, it's like hard to break. You need nothing short of a miracle to break habits. But some are in the habit of missing church and it becomes easier and it becomes easier and it becomes normal before you even realize it. So by attending, and then D, by serving, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The way we're going to build the body of Christ, the way we're going to build the house of the Lord, the way we're going to build God's church is by when everybody finds their power spot and they be willing to surrender and submit and say, God, I'm willing to do what you've called me to do. I don't want to be an onlooker, but I want to be in the midst of the battle. I want to be in the front lines of the battle. I want to reach people. I want to teach people. I want to pray for people. I want to lead people. I want to see people change for the honor and the glory of God and the way that that's going to happen is by serving got to come and serve and say what can I do I report for duty what can I do I've been coming already a couple months I'm ready I'm ready we got to be racehorses right we got to be like those that have been in prison and you're getting ready to get released you're like man I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready let me loose right I'm ready we should be eager. We should be at the edge of our seats saying, I'm ready. God, I'm reporting for duty. What can I do? I want to serve you, God. I want to use my gifts, my talents. I want to make an impact for, your, for all my life. For your honor and your glory, I want to make an impact all the days of my life. I want to make a lasting impact. I want to leave a legacy. I want to trailblaze into the future and see people change by the power of God. Use my life, God. Do we not know everything that we've gone through in life is to benefit the body of Christ? You have a testimony. You've been through some things. Bring that to the Lord's house and say, man, you know what? I can relate to you, brother. I can relate to you, sister. When I first got saved, I've been through this. I've gone through that. This happened to me. But guess what? I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. And God is still using me. Oh, and it's never been better. Rather than saying, man, oh, poor me. They got to go through it. I went through it. They got to go through it. Toughen it up. Suck it up. Man up. Soldier up. Stop crying. But yet when you are going through it, oh, Jesus. You couldn't even pray on the mic because all you did was cry. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
Like, don't let that brother pray no more on the mic. Amen? Feels like I'm at a funeral. An unsaved family member at a funeral. Like, oh! Like, man, you're supposed to be excited and say, oh, Jesus set me free. God is still alive. He's a miracle-working God. I'm excited because I know God will see me through. Said, oh, all that stuff, man. So how do we touch Jesus? By serving. We're his hands. We're his feet. We're his mouth. And lastly, number three is by witnessing. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, and verse number 8, it says, But you will receive power. Everybody say power. Come on, say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, this is how we reach out and we touch the Lord. By touching others. By touching others. And when, and when we do, we can't help but change, beloved. The question is, are we thinking and is our mentality tonight as we're sitting here and you hear the word of God coming forth, are you thinking tonight, are you still thinking something's got to change? Been in the home a while. Something's got to give. Something's got to change. I can't remain the same. God is in this recovery home. And I need God to change me. Something's got to change. I'm coming to church. Something's got to change. Something's got to change. Why don't we all stand? I'm just going to have Brother Danny come. <laughs>